We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. One hour down, we're into the second hour of the program. Welcome in. My name is Matt Pauley. If you want to be with us, you can do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, the the news that's kind of come out here over the last day or so, and, and Derek Gould had something on this in the Post-Dispatch and STL today, the Cardinals are going to skip Dakota Hudson in this next time through. And they've got enough off days. They're off today, clearly. They've got enough off days that they're able to do this. Now, in a perfect world, you're running a five-man rotation at this time of the year. So the way you're really able to take advantage of the off days is by giving everybody an extra day off, right? Like that's that's what you'd really like to have. You'd to help keep pitchers fresh, you would love to be able to give every single one of your pitchers an extra day because of an off day. But if you're uncomfortable with some things that are going on right now with a pitcher, and I think the Cardinals are when it comes to Hudson, what this does is it allows you to take him out of the rotation. Uh, they talk about getting an extra bullpen session in with him, and then you can um, you can go from there and just see how it looks. I talk, I, I keep bringing this up, and look, I'm not trying to like disturb things. I'm not trying to make a story out of something that's nothing. But I've been around baseball long enough, and I think you probably are somebody that you've if you're listening to this show, there is a very good chance that you have heard and watched and seen your fair share of post post game press conferences with a manager whether it was Ali Marmel whether it was Mike Schill whether it was Mike Matheny Tony LaRusso like it doesn't matter um and especially in more recent history you know post LaRusso the way thing the athlete manager slash coach relationship balance of power all that it has shifted it's shifted in sports and at times not at times generally speaking you're going to say you're going to say something to the media that's one message and a lot of times the message whether it's a team wide message or a message to an individual is going to be a little bit different and Look, I, I've I've been doing this here in St. Louis for a month now. I have followed along with the Cardinals on an everyday basis before I returned to St. Louis. I knew what was going on with the team, but I would be lying to you if I told you I watched every single press conference that Marmel had after every single game that they played before I got to St. Louis. That's not true. I did not see every single one. I saw a lot of them. I didn't see every single one. Even with that being the case, 
it really seems odd to me how honest he is when it comes to Dakota Hudson. I can't, and look, I'm sure somebody could bring an example up right away. And feel free, 314-436-7900 if you want to text in. I don't remember off the top of my head Marmel being, again, I don't want to say critical, but really it is critical. I got, that's, that's the closest word to being truthful here. I don't remember him being critical multiple times about a player the way he's been with Hudson. And the one that really caught me, because when he wasn't making it out of the fifth inning and he was really slogging along, like you kind of got it because it, it impacted the entire like feeling of the game and pace of the game. But he kind of took a step forward his last time out. He had the walks. I think it was four walks his last time out. But his overall numbers weren't bad. And w- when that game ended... My expectation was that we were going to hear in the post game about you know the steps forward he had taken, and instead the focus was more about the walks that he had issued and how those walks came back to bite him because that was a night where a lot of the walks ended up uh, ended up coming around to score, and. It was just it felt it just felt off, and now he's out of the rotation for a time through, and they're gonna they're gonna work through uh, some things behind the scenes and give him an extra bullpen session, and we'll see what he does coming through after that. But this whole of everything that's going on with this team right now, I would argue that the thing that I understand the least is is what's going on with Hudson. I just there, it feels like there's more going on, and maybe there's not. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm overblowing something. I can do that. I know I can do that. I'm I'm good at that. But I don't feel like I am. I don't think I'm overblowing anything. But yeah, it just it it feels odd to say the least. Uh, one of the things they could have potentially done too uh, with taking him out, they could have maybe given Jake Woodford a start. You wonder if that ever went through their minds uh, because he had been starting at AAA and been doing a really nice job there. It doesn't feel like he has a full-time job at the big league level as a starter right now. So if he's on the big league roster, you probably want him working out of the bullpen. Uh, But yeah, it, um, instead of skipping Hudson and making everybody else pitch on what is normal rest, instead of giving them an extra day, they certainly could have uh, put somebody like Woodford in there, had some type of bullpen game. If you want a bullpen game, it'd probably be Woodford who would uh, start. But they're going to – wins are really important. This is – this point in the season, to me, and we'll see whether or not I'm right on this, we'll revisit this here in about a week and a half, and maybe I'll be completely wrong here. But to me, this feels like the the crossroads of the season. And the reason I say that – is because they are this is who they this this is their next few series home against Colorado at Arizona in Chicago against the Cubs then admittedly they're home against Atlanta that's going to be a tough series then they go to Cincinnati and then they're home against the Cubs and then they're home against Washington and then they go to Pittsburgh before they have a two-gamer against Milwaukee, and then they've got a bunch of games against Cincinnati again before the, the schedule does toughen up from about September 20th on. From September 20th until October 5th, they have a series against the Padres, they have a series against the Dodgers, and they have a series against the Brewers. 
Those are back-to-back-to-back series from September 20th to September 28th. You want to be in position going into that week plus where you feel really comfortable with where you're at. Now, they do finish out the year with six straight against Pittsburgh, three at home and three on the road, and that's going to be a Pirates team that in all likelihood is just going to be getting ready for uh, their vacations. They're going to want to be getting out of there. But between now and, what did I say? Between now and September 20th, the only series that you have against a really good opponent is Atlanta. So you've got a lot of winnable games on the schedule for the better part of the next month. Oh, yeah, by the way, what do the Brewers have coming up? The Brewers have seven of their next ten games against the Dodgers. Now, after that, their schedule does lighten up a little bit as well. But they still, even after that, they'll still have a series against the Giants. They'll still have a series against the Yankees. They'll still have a series against the Mets. The Brewers' schedule is much tougher than the Cardinals' schedule. But this next, say, two weeks is so important because the Cardinals have so many winnable games and the Brewers have a lot of losable games. And this is the point, This if, if, this, if they're really at this crossroads of the season, like I feel they are, this is the moment where you need to stretch out that lead. After losing two of three to the Cardinals, how are Brewers fans feeling? We're going to find out from a guy who uh, covers the team for my former radio station, WTMJ. He is uh, Justin Garcia. He'll join us in just a moment or so. It's Sports Open Line on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Albert Pujols comes to bat. Cardinals slugger Albert Pujols talks with Tom Ackerman Mondays at 9.50. He hits a fly ball that field, and it's gone! Exclusively on the voice of the Cardinals, KMOX. Albert Pujols has a lot of things to talk about after hitting two home runs yesterday. Those two home runs helped lead the Cardinals to a win over the Brewers and a series victory over the Brewers. No time to take a victory lap. The lead in the division is only a game and a half, but at the same time, we made a really big deal of the impact of this series and the Cardinals do take the two out of three against the Brewers. So how are Brewers fans feeling in Milwaukee? Very happy to welcome on uh, one of my friends. He uh, covers the Brewers for WTMJ. He was uh, at the helm of the post-game shows uh, over the course of the weekend. He is Justin Garcia. You follow him on Twitter at TMJ Garcia. So, Justin, I'll start you off with this. What was the general feeling from Brewers fans after uh, yesterday's loss and uh, losing two out of three over the weekend? Well, I think it was weird because of how yesterday's game ended that the takeaway didn't feel as much about the series as a whole as much as, and you know how much this is seemingly one of the favorite things of Brewers fans, as much as it became 
just venting about Craig Council and his handling of the bullpen late, which was a little questionable, but that kind of took away from everything, and, and it just became focused on Sunday's series finale and why did you have a left-handed Taylor Rogers face Albert Pujols? That that's where most of the attention went. But uh, I think going into the series, I wouldn't say there was a nervousness, but you and I talked over the weekend about a similar feeling with Cardinals fans, and it kind of felt like Brewers fans wanted to see, okay, did they put that rough week behind them? And what version of this team is this really after that Josh Hader trade and the bad losses to the Pirates and the Reds? Is those two games against the Rays, is that showing us that all of that is behind them? Or is this a team that may be in a bit of a slide? Does Rogers struggling hurt even more because of really what he represents? And he represents Josh Hader no longer being a Brewer. Um, that, and uh, as I'm sure you saw, the guy that's kind of become the rallying cry now for Brewers fans is Denelson Lamette. So it also doesn't help that Denelson Lamette has put together some Pretty good outings for the Rockies and has yet to give up a run. So those two things combined have not helped that trade age well. All right, so how about from you personally? Because there's still a lot of baseball left to be played. A game and a half is not much. Maybe it'll be two games after tonight. The Dodgers on a Freddie Freeman home run lead the Brewers right now by a one nothing score. But what, what about for you personally? What do you think the impact of these last three games were? Um. I think it was – I don't think it's huge, but I do – I would say this. The frustrating part and where you wonder where does it go from here is you mentioned the Brewers and Dodgers now. Seven of their next ten are against the Dodgers. So if they are still kind of in this, you know, I wouldn't say free fall, but malaise of how we've seen them play just after the deal, this is not the right time to have that with that Dodgers portion on your schedule. But I think the bigger takeaway was – you know, you look at everything now and you look at the final six weeks of the season, the tiebreaker and the absence of game 163 makes all of these games very important. And you had three very winnable games. If you were the Brewers in St. Louis, you managed to win one of them. When you could have taken all three of those, you got three really good starts. Eric Lauer just made two mistakes on Friday. You got a really good start from Aaron Ashby, who had gone through his struggles too. And the fact that you're only able to get one you're back behind now again in the season series that the pressure is there, that if you want to win the division, you have to win three of your next four against the Cardinals because the Brewers won't have the tiebreaker against the Phillies. They won't have it against the Padres either. you got to shift all your attention to winning the division, and you got to win those games that are winnable, and that's, that's the frustrating part, and I think that was the other takeaway from the weekend for the crew. So I just did this in the last segment. I compared the schedules, and for the Cardinals – between now and September 20th, they only have one series against a good team. They have a three-game set against Atlanta. Then they go through a week where they play uh, the Padres and the Dodgers. They also have those two two-game series against Milwaukee left. But that, from from a challenging opponent standpoint, anybody can beat anybody at any moment. That's all that the Brewers have left. It's a pretty easy schedule where the Brewers have the Dodgers twice now. They're going to have a series against the Giants. They're going to have a series against the Yankees. They're going to have a series uh, against the Mets. The Brewers' schedule is a lot tougher. So how much does that play into all this? It's huge because, uh, so like we've already talked about a couple of times, what they have now with these two series against the Dodgers, that's obviously big that, oh, by the way, they're only the best team in baseball. And then you pointed to the Yankees and Mets. I think it's Yankees, Mets, and Cardinals 
one after another that the Brewers have, or it's around that, that about a month from now in September. So they got two really difficult stretches. And, you know, to your point of you can't look past opponents, we can look at the gaps in between for the Brewers and say, well, you still have a couple of series with the Phillies or with the Pirates, with the Reds. These are teams you should take advantage of. Those two teams have given the Brewers some difficulty this season. So uh, to me, this the weekend result really puts a ton of pressure on the team in those two upcoming series against the Cardinals that you absolutely have to take three or four in those because you don't have that margin for error anymore. It could be a two-game advantage after tonight. That lead could grow even more with this series with the Dodgers in town for the Brewers. And look, even if they're five back going into September, it's obviously not ideal. It doesn't mean it's over in terms of catching the Cardinals for the division. But from what we've seen from this offense and the inconsistencies, you can't start to dig that deep of a hole if you're the Brewers. And that's what they're in danger of with these next seven games or seven of their next 10 that they have. I was there for parts of seven seasons and for the last five plus the expectation was that they were a playoff team. And even when I left there a month ago, the expectation is they were going to be a playoff team. Has anything changed? Do you feel like from a fan standpoint, does that, is that expectation still there for this year? Or has that waned a little bit here recently? I, you obviously still have your diehards that uh, believe this team will turn it around, but I think there's been a little bit of a fraction of, of fans now that have really started to question, is this team built for the playoffs after trading away Josh Hader and seeing the impact it had on the bullpen, seeing the struggles that the offense had all year too. That I mean, it's one thing to point out, you have the potential to enter the playoffs with arguably the best starter in the league the best setup man in the league and the best closer in the league, that's gone now. But when you look at the ripple effect of, of the hater deal and how you use Devin Williams now, what kind of a guy and where can you use Taylor Rogers? Where is he? It, it has impacts throughout the rest of the bullpen. And even before that trade, for as good as the Brewers' pen has been, the middle relief, the middle innings guys are, are where you really needed to find some more stability. So if you lose, a guy that was a given at the back end and have to slide everybody up when you were experiencing struggles, that's really taken away the biggest strength that the team had that I think you've seen a number of guys or a number of fans really start to say, you know, the more I look at it, the Brewers, you can tell me this helps us down the road in two years from now with the prospects they acquired. And I get that, but did we really make ourselves better this year? And you look at the Cardinals, the deals that they made to add more pitching, I mean, it may not be blow you away type of names, but you helped the biggest weakness that you had. The Brewers did not address their biggest weakness was, was the offense. And you can say, look, now we're healthy in the second half and we just need guys to perform to their expectations. That's all well and good, but you still needed a little more help and that's just not there. All right, so for people listening, they hear me talking to somebody about the Brewers who's based in Milwaukee, and Justin's also uh, the studio host for the Milwaukee Bucks Radio Network. But what you probably don't know is he is a hardcore St. Louis Blues fan who basically watches every (laughs) single game throughout the year. So I cannot have him on KMOX without talking about the Blues for just a moment. Justin, what what are your evaluations of this offseason so far as the Blues try to uh, cut down the ground between themselves and the Colorado Avalanche? Um, all right, so before I give that, because I, I, I'll just say this. I was underwhelmed, but I'm curious what the take is there, because 
Now, we've kind of talked about don't take anything for granted and you can't expect things to happen. That being said, I really did fully expect the Blues to acquire Kachuk and that he would be a member of this team going forward. So to see that not happen was a little deflating. Uh, But then to also see things like David Perron leaving, I just don't see how the Blues, similar to what we said about the Brewers, I don't see how the Blues have made themselves better. The Avalanche have lost some guys too. So you could say, well, Colorado's not quite as good. But I just don't see how the Blues are at that level where last year that felt like a team, if Bennington stays healthy, that was the team to take down the Avalanche. I don't get the same vibe after this offseason. It's they're still like paying the price of winning the Stanley cup because you've got some contracts on the roster that are probably bigger, if not for the Stanley, you know, you look at, you know, Bennington's deal and, and things like that. And um, they, they've got the whole Tarasenko situation that they're still trying sure. to, to, to figure out. It is kind of a weird time. And I think the avalanche are going to go through the exact same thing where they're going to overpay some guys to stick around and they're going to lose other guys because their value is that much higher because they're now champions. Well, we saw Cadre leave. And I mean, if you kept the same group together, you could talk me into, look, the same group, and I know it's it's usually met with eye rolls when you bring the same group back and said, how are you getting better? But if you did that and brought him back and you retained David Perron, you could talk me into, we just got to be healthy. Bennington was tremendous in that series until the injury happened and really throughout the playoffs. We're there. We're on the right path, especially with Kadri gone. But, you know, not only seeing a guy like David Perron and how much he meant to that team leave, but to see the deal that he got to leave is, is where you really leave saying we couldn't have given him that. Well, that was the weird thing because basically the organization said our salary cap situation is in a place where we can't even offer him a contract because what we could offer him would just be disrespectful. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it's just when guys like that leave is when it's tough in any sport, because I mean, obviously he's had no, numerous stops with the blues, but he's a guy that, a long time staple of that franchise, despite coming and going and and just the impact you could tell he has in the clubhouse is what's a tough blow in any sport. When you get that leaving, trying to find somebody that replaces that. Um, I I mean, look, I I trust what Doug Armstrong has done the last couple of years. And now I think the big thing is what's going to happen with Vladi. Is he going to end up being traded and part of something? Um, But it's, I, I feel okay. I feel like they're obviously a playoff team, but I don't have them in that tier of challenging the elite and really challenging for a cup based off what they did in the offseason. He is Justin Garcia. He covers the Brewers in Milwaukee. He is the studio host on the Milwaukee Bucks Radio Network. And, Justin, you now have an outlet to talk about the Blues. Great. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your time. All right, we'll see you. There's Justin Garcia joining us. He's a good friend of mine, and yeah, he's a he's a big blues guy, and it's always uh, we. I can't tell you how many blues conversations he and I had, and he is very locked in on that. But uh, interesting things he had to say about the feeling in Milwaukee because this series victory for the Cardinals over the weekend it was it was it may only be a game and a half, but it just it feels bigger than that. Um, the Fernando Tatis thing keeps taking weird turns. He's done for the season. Who do you believe in this whole thing, though? We're going to get into that next right here on Sports Open Line on KMOX.
Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. If you want to join us, you can do so. 314-436-7900. You call, you text. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We have not had a show since this past Friday when the news broke about Fernando Tatis Jr. And he's done for the rest of the year. We also found out earlier today that Walker Bueller is going to be done for the season, the Dodgers pitcher. Now, that's a big deal because Bueller is a really good pitcher. But it's not a big deal in the sense that the Dodgers have still been on a just a ridiculous run of winning games since he's been injured. They are just so their depth is stupid. Like uh, you can you can argue that it's not in some ways it's good for baseball and in some ways it's bad for baseball. Good for baseball that they're willing to spend money and it that that's a good thing. People are getting paid. I, yeah, I, I I think that's good. Let guys go get paid. Um, the idea of a dynasty, I think when we look back on them, if you can win multiple championships in a short amount of time, uh, you look back at it and that can be good, but also just how much talent that team has gone and bought. And to be fair, they've developed a lot of talent too. Like that's, that's the thing that I struggle about with the Dodgers. They go out and they can buy anything they want but they're also an incredibly smart baseball operation. They've got really good people. They draft well. They develop well. They do that part of it. Sometimes you have teams that just spend tons of money and they don't really worry about their development, and I, I don't like that. I have, I have a hard time really hating the Dodgers because they do do that part of it, the, the, the developmental part of it. They have to do it at a high level. But anyways, what I wanted to get into here is I wanted to touch on this Fernando Tatis thing. And a couple things that have come out since then. Uh, John Heyman, who, MLB insider, writes for New York Post. I believe he is an Odyssey sports insider. Uh, he wrote a column about the Fernando Tatis Jr. excuse because Tatis said that he had ringworm and that he got a medication for the ringworm, and he did not check it through Major League Baseball's you know hotline that you can call to check. And that's that's something you need to know. Like in every Major League Baseball clubhouse, uh, there the number is posted. This is something that is communicated to every professional baseball player, Major League and Minor League. If you're going to take a new medication, if you're going to take a new supplement whatever it might be, call the number and tell them what you're taking and they'll tell you whether or not it's it's good. That also gives you a little bit of a leeway is if, if you legitimately have something that's tainted and you're on the record uh, with that hotline and then you can provide a sample of what you took that was tainted that can maybe help you a little bit in that. Not always. You're still, whether they say on the hotline or not, you're good. You're still responsible for what goes in your body. So Tatis basically said he had ringworm. He took something that you weren't supposed to take. And what he said he did wrong is he didn't call the hotline. So Heyman wrote in the New York Post, and this goes a little bit above my head. All I can assume is that Heyman is correct. So I'll read from his New York Post column. He said, Tati said he inadvertently took the performance-enhancing drug 
Clobestabol to treat ringworm. And apparently he, his agent, or his marketing guy thought the world would mistake Clobestabol, the synthetic anabolic steroid he was caught with, for Clobestesol. I don't know how to pronounce that. A common drug used to treat skin ailments like eczema and psoriasis that also requires a prescription. Clobestabol, the first one, is never prescribed for skin defects or ringworm. The second one is. So if that's true, first off, I feel like this should be something that's being talked about a little bit more. That it's two different drugs that just so happen to have the first five letters the same. C-L-O-S-T. And then it changes after that. But they kind of they kind of sound the same. If that's true, if that is what Tatis went with and said, let's find a drug name that sounds close to something and figure it out, like that's a that's a really bad look. And again, this was in the New York Post, so there was a mainstream aspect to to what we're talking about. But at the same time, I feel like this hasn't really been picked up. Matt Pajeski, have you what I'm talking about right now, have you heard this at all? Okay, he's shaking his head no. I to me, this is a big deal. When Tatis immediately gives his excuse as the ringworm excuse, and within 24 hours of that excuse, you can do a little bit of research and find out that you don't treat ringworm with clebestabol. You treat ringworm with clebestasol. Again, I'm probably just butchering the pronunciations, but that is neither here nor there at the moment. So let's go to... The father of Fernando Tatis Jr., former St. Louis Cardinal, Fernando Tatis Sr. of two Grand Slams in one inning. He spoke with Major League Baseball insider Hector Gomez earlier today, and he came to the defense of his son, as you would expect him to do. He told Gomez that he wants everybody to know that his son is definitely not a cheater and simply did not look closely enough at the ingredient list in a medicine for a skin condition. As transcribed by TMZ Sports, quote from Tati Sr., all of this happened because of something that's not worth the issue. This is something for the skin. That's something that's not performance-enhancing and has no testosterone. It has nothing to help you improve your game. Said it was a mistake, and talk about Major League Baseball, It was a mistake that could have been handled differently. You destroy the image of a player for such a small thing. For a situation like this, it is a catastrophe, not just for Tatis Jr., but for all of baseball. There's a million fans that will stop watching baseball, says Fernando Tatis Sr. Yes, millions of fans will stop watching baseball. In case you didn't notice, your son hasn't really been playing this season. And I'm guessing the TV ratings are doing okay there in San Diego. Um, by the way, he is, so his dad said that uh, his son went to get a haircut. <laughs> his uh, Tati Senior says his son went to get a haircut, and that the haircut went bad, and because of a bad haircut, he developed fungus on his skin. Is that a thing? 
Can you get fungus on your head? Can you get ringworm on your head from a bad haircut? 314-436-7900. Text in. Is that a thing? Ringworm on the head, bad haircut. If this has ever happened to you, call me. 314-436-7900. If you ever got ringworm on your head because of a bad haircut and then you had to take performance-enhancing drugs to fix the ringworm on your head, let me know. I'd love to talk to you. This whole thing. I mean, it's just, it's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. Like He's caught in his lie, and then his dad's coming and trying to explain it, and his dad's telling people that millions of fans are going to stop watching baseball because his kid's not playing. And I, I don't know for sure, but I assume Hector Gomez did not ask Tati Sr., Okay, was he taking Clebestabol or was he taking Clebestatasol? Because the second one is for ringworm and the first one is not for ringworm. The phone is ringing. Do we have a ringworm on the head haircut person calling? We will have to wait and see. All right, here's what we're going to do. We are going to take a break and we will come back and we will find out together If you can get ringworm on your head from a bad haircut, yes, this is Sports Open Line. We're back with more in a moment on KMOX. News Radio KMOX, the home of the Cardinals. Starting to wrap up the program, we're trying to figure something out here. So Fernando Tatis Jr., who's suspended for the rest of the year, his dad, former Cardinal Fernando Tatis, says that the ringworm was on his head and he got it from a bad haircut. I've never heard of ringworm on your head from a bad haircut. Now, maybe I just don't know. I'm, I'm not saying it's not possible. I just don't know. Have some people of thoughts. We'll start with uh, Winnie. Hey, Winnie, you're on Sports Open Line. Hey, hey, good evening. Hey. Yes, it's true. It can happen? My great nephew. Yeah, it can happen. My great nephew, uh, he, he'll be 18 uh, this month, but it happened several years ago. Got a bad haircut. Uh, Dad gave him the haircut, and he developed ringworm from it. Do you know how? Clippers. It's the clippers. Oh, they got to be clean. So you need the clean clippers. Okay. You need to have the clippers clean. Yep. Sanitize the whole thing. It wasn't his hair. The hair should be clean as well, but it wasn't his hair. It was the clippers. All right. Winnie, thank you for the call. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. You see, we're learning things. We're all coming together. We're learning things. Let's grab uh, Paul, who has given us a call. Hey, Paul, you're on Sports Open Line. Hi. My comment is I thought he needed a prescription for the ringworm medicine. So if he did, either the pharmacy made a big mistake in filling the prescription, or else he should be able to show the prescription and who filled it and solve the whole problem. Great point, Paul. I appreciate it. Somebody should speak to his agent and say, show us the prescription. If you're going to claim that it was actually this, then you show it. Show us the prescription. But you know what? Here's the thing. I Okay, I'll buy for a second that Fernando Tatis Jr. got a bad haircut, had some dirty clippers, and got ringworm on his head. I'm not even going to argue that for, for, for a moment. He's lying He's lying about the PED part of this because what you get because to to Paul's call just now you don't you don't get performance enhancing drugs at the CVS pharmacy right like you don't get hardcore 
steroids at CVS or Walgreens or Rite Aid or wherever you're getting your prescriptions filled. Like, they don't do that. So there's a lie in here somewhere. And I am a very trusting person, by the way. A lot of times I hear these stories from athletes when they fail uh, PD things, and I go, you know what? That story is believable. This one's not believable. Not believable to me at all. Um, wanted to mention something real quick before we uh, close the show, and we're going to kind of shift things to a little bit of a serious uh, tone before we're done. And I had a hard time deciding if I wanted to mention this or not, and this is why I'm the new guy in St. Louis when it comes to radio. And I haven't been here for the last 20 years, and I've never really worked in – I've never really been on air working here, and there's a lot of people that I don't know. I, I don't know a whole lot more people than I do know. And uh, today, Jeff Burden passed away. Uh, had worked at 105.7 The Point, was really connected with the St. Louis Blues, had a blues podcast, was just fantastic. Um, I didn't know Jeff. I've never spoken to Jeff, and it's been really cool is maybe the wrong term here, but it's been um, – you've seen the impact that he made on this world – by the tributes that people have to him on social media today, people who knew him. I didn't know him personally. So like I was when I was thinking about this, I go, do I even mention this? Because I don't have a personal relationship with the guy. Um, and I don't want to come off as like trying to grab something as my own, but I'll, I want to, it, it impacts me. And I'll tell you why. When I was in high school and, and beyond a little bit, the radio show I listened to every afternoon was Tom and Jeff. On 105.7 The Point. Every day. That was my show. And as I chose to get into radio, and obviously I went down the sports uh, sports path. I've done a fair amount of music radio in my life, but I'm a, I'm a sports guy. But the, the, one of the shows that helped me to fall in love with radio was that show. And both those individuals, Tom West and Jeff Burden, they've now passed away. So I've never, I never spoke a word to them. I didn't know them personally. I don't want to come off like I did. That's really important to me. I'm not trying to sit here and say that I, that I knew the guy. I didn't. But what I do know is that I'm sitting here on KMOX doing Sports Open Line, and my radio story is that growing up, I listened to those two guys do radio every weekday afternoon and it was so much fun to listen to every day. And it's really sad um, that they've both passed away and now Jeff Burden passing away today. So thoughts, prayers, obviously, to his family, to friends who know him. And I uh, just wanted to get that out before we call it a night. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.